Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. We thank Cathode Ray for their support of the Econ Dev Show. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. I'm your host, Dane Carlson. I had hoped to have author Casey Steinbacher on the show today, but because of scheduling issues or technical snafus, she wasn't able to make it. Casey is the founder of Finding Next. She's a thought leader and national expert in reimagining next opportunities for organizations, businesses, and communities. She's also the author of From Relevant to Essential, Five Key Insights for Chambers of Commerce. Now, I purchased and read her book before the interview. It's available on the Amazon Kindle for $5.99. And if your economic development organization is part of a chamber of commerce, or if you run a chamber of commerce yourself, I think it's well worth a read. The book came out in 2021 and was written in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Casey, as international as these issues have been, the management of the crises and the disruption it has caused in the United States has fallen most often to state and local leadership. In every local community, chambers of commerce have been part of that critical response and recovery team, aiding citizens and businesses alike. But just like the businesses they serve, they too have faced significant disruptions and challenges to their normal operations. These challenges have exposed the cracks in their operating model that have been there and growing for decades. Our COVID-19 environment has now made the cracks too wide to ignore. It has also provided the perfect opportunity for chambers to rethink their mission and model in a way that they may have not had time or permission to do before. It is forcing chambers to reimagine what they will need to be moving forward. I enjoyed the book. Like I mentioned in my intro, if you're in a chamber of commerce or you work for a chamber of commerce, I think you should pick it up. It does a really good job of explaining how chambers of commerce were originally organized. They were originally organized to help businesses and, and expand businesses in local communities, to bring businesses to the area so that the community could develop. Casey, the author, um, really understands that the Chamber of Commerce works not just for the business community, but for the entire community as a whole. I know that when I was in the Chamber of Commerce world, there was such an emphasis on the members. Let's provide services to the members. Let's provide benefits to the members. And yet, our Chamber of Commerce put on some of the most uh, successful and well-attended events in the community. And I thought, our mission here is to make this a better place, not just for our members, but for all businesses, all businesses to thrive and for the residents, for the community to grow and thrive and develop and have a good quality of life. And Casey really emphasizes that point in her book. The chambers are there not just for the businesses, but for the communities as well. And she talks about the difference in that focus because at the end of the day, the Chamber of Commerce is funded by members. You know, they pay their membership fees 
they pay their dues. And in exchange for those dues, Chambers of Commerce have sort of switched to a model wherein they provide services. It's sort of a fee-for-service sort of plan. And I don't know about you, but when I was in the Chamber of Commerce, you know, our chamber was providing, um, you know, marketing help and, and, and business advice and, you know, other services like that. I think we had uh, a credit card service that we had that we we shared with our members. We maybe had some kind of insurance thing. But I remember sitting down with my board one day and saying, all of these services that we're providing to our members, we're competing ultimately with our members. We're providing things that our other members might provide, number one. And number two, we're not just competing with our members. We're competing with people all over the world. You know, you can go on the internet and purchase anything. You can go on the internet and buy any product or service from anywhere in the world and have it, you know, shipped and delivered to you or have a service and have it performed anywhere in the world. And I thought, how can we compete with this? We're just a little tiny town, with a little tiny staff. How do we possibly compete with this? Now, I'll be honest, that didn't go over super well with my board of directors. You know, they said, we're in this business to promote our members. I mean, they even went so far as to say, you know, how dare you order from Amazon? How dare you safeguard the monies that are entrusted to you by getting the best deal by going to Amazon and purchasing something when it would have been possible to purchase it locally. And I get that. And if that's what your idea of a chamber of commerce is, then I think you should read this book because it does really explain and explore the difference between working for me and working for we. So basically, in a nutshell, that idea is that many of your small members of your chambers of commerce are in it for themselves, which, hey, all businesses are in it for themselves. That's the whole point of business to um, get other people's money and put it in your pocket in exchange for a, a good or service. But these small members that you have, that chambers of commerce have, that they are you know, desperately trying to find because there's there's thousands of them even in the tiniest small towns there's hundreds of them they're hiding but they're there um chambers are fighting for them they want them as members they want them to pay their you know hundred dollars a year or fifty dollars a month or or you know whatever their small amount is and it takes a lot of very small members to fund a chamber of commerce and every single one of those members has been sold on the idea that they are joining the Chamber of Commerce, not because they support its mission. Maybe they do. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the reason they're giving you their money is because they want to get something in return. They want a valuable service. They want you to promote their business. They want more people to come into their restaurant. They want people to come to their ribbon cutting. They want people to know what their specials are. They want you to drive them traffic. At the end of the day, they're in it for themselves. Again, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You won't hear me say anything bad about capitalism. But those members of the Chamber of Commerce are in it for, as the author says, me. There are other members who are members of your Chamber of Commerce. And these are probably your larger businesses. And they're not in the organization for themselves. If you're the only hospital in a community, why would you join the Chamber of Commerce? 
you're definitely not joining it so that more people come to your emergency room, so that more people think about you when they have a health emergency. You're not doing it to get a direct return. And the author says that these members are in it for we. They're in it for the group. They're in it to promote the community. And at the end of the day, they're not looking at what they got in return directly to their business. They're not looking at increased sales. They're not looking at increased um, visitors. They're not looking at any of that when they determine the effectiveness of the Chamber of Commerce. They're not looking at that when they're renewing their dues. And so these are two very different groups of people that Chambers of Commerce have historically had as members. And that's a huge challenge for the Chamber of Commerce because how do you sort of prove to your members that you're doing for them what are paying you to do? How do you prove to those members who are in it for themselves, the, the me members, how do you prove to them that you increase their sales? Yes, I know you tell people to... Um, make sure and tell them that the Chamber of Commerce sent you when you go into the store. That's great. That's fantastic. Maybe you have some kind of deal or discount or coupon that you're, they're using to track their sales. But at the end of the day, it, that's not really how people buy and sell anymore. They go on the internet. They Google around. They you know, go into a store. They don't talk to anybody. Um, at the end of the day, you don't really know. And the truth is, those businesses, those me members, they're not opening up their books to the Chamber of Commerce. They're not saying, hey, here's what my revenue is to, you know, a year ago and here's what it is today. I can attribute that growth to the Chamber of Commerce. They're not doing that. And so that, that mission, as important as it is, especially in a small community without a lot of resources, is a very, very difficult challenge for the Chamber of Commerce to handle. Now, the, the WE members, the members who are in it for the community, they're in it so that the community has a better quality of life, has maybe has more events or has more um, resources, or maybe the Chamber of Commerce partners in developing some kind of um, educational program or training program or business recruitment program or business retention program or something like that. They're in it for those kinds of things. And I just thought that the author Casey's understanding of the difference between those two types of members and how difficult it is to provide a service to those businesses who are only in it for themselves. Like I mentioned, when I ran a chamber of commerce, I came up against this exact same issue. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what I instructed my staff and what um, I finally at some point got the board to agree on was this idea that, yes, the members support us, but we don't work just for the members. We work for the community. Our job is to grow the community, to improve the community, uh, increase the quality of life and the, make it an easier place to do business. And again, that was a hard sell. And ultimately, I, I'm you know, I'm no longer in the Chamber of Commerce world. I'm, I no longer have that job. So you can imagine how ultimately that ended up. But at the end of the day, that I think that's a really important issue that, has, is, that Casey addresses in her book about the Chamber of Commerce world. So I was really sorry that she wasn't able to make it today. Um, I hope you read the book. I haven't really scratched the surface. It's a very, very short book, fast read. I read the first half of it this morning 
before work. And I just really wanted to share it with you. So again, her book is called From Relevant to Essential, Five Key Insights for Chambers of Commerce. And the author's name is Casey Steinbacher. I hope that you pick up a copy of the book if you're in the chamber world or have any interest. And um, thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.